This is the John Nuzzo Leadership Podcast. Welcome to this month's podcast. And we have part two of an interview I'm doing with Peter Pinion, which is he's a, a licensed counselor from uh, the Dallas Fort Worth area. And uh, the story's been amazing. And so, Peter, first, let me welcome you again. Thank you so much. Thanks for doing this. Now, I hear people do this a lot on podcasts. Say, hey, listen, if you didn't <laughs> listen to part one, stop and go back. I'm telling you, yeah. I'm not going to give any update on this. <laughs> you have to stop, go back to last month and hear this amazing story of redemption. And we're going to pick it up right now after you're 12 years old, mm-hmm. all that you had been through, you have this transformational moment with Christ yeah. and then it begins to move forward. And so uh, everything from dealing with uh, sexual abuse as a child to dealing with uh, questioning your gender to then feeling you're stupid through dyslexia and coming to a point of suicide at age 12 and 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 that interaction with Jesus where he, he set you on a path of transformation and so assuming people have stopped now and gone back and listened mm-hmm. help us understand transformation from that point forward a point of utter hopelessness. Yeah. How did, how did God take you forward from there? So I think for us, the most powerful belief we can have is that we're loved. And I, 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 it makes complete sense to me that out of all of the phrases in the English language that the Holy Spirit could have spoken, that he would have chose, I love you. Wow. And the hard thing for me was that I knew my parents would say that they loved me. But when they would say that to me, it would trigger all the things that I was hiding, all of the guilt and all of the shame. And you grew up in, I mean, no home's perfect. And I know... Wonderful parents, though. And we don't have time to go into the... Your parents experienced a lot of trauma. They did. And still created that type of environment, which is just amazing in their walk with God. It was by the grace of God, and they but, would say that. But it's not enough, is it? It wasn't enough. It, the, I needed Jesus. Yeah. I needed Jesus because the difference was, and this there was some theolo- theology work there, is that my dad told me growing up that Jesus knew everything. Yeah. So for Jesus to affirm through the Holy Spirit that he loved me and he knew everything. Wow. He knew all of the things. He knew that it was my fault. He knew that I thought I was a girl trapped in a boy's body. He knew that I was stupid. And again, these are all the false beliefs. Yes, yeah. But that's what's so interesting is that I think sometimes we get confused and we come in guns blazing yeah. at the false beliefs. Right. But the first thing that he affirmed was that he loved me. Wow. And it gave me hope to be able to actually tell my parents all that I was struggling. And it wasn't all at once. It wasn't like, let me sit you down and I'm going to catch you up on the last 12 years. Right. It was a process of first just telling them I have a relationship with Jesus. And they knew it. They recognized it because I was so depressed and so not just introverted, which is beautiful of a personality type, but I was isolated. And I went from that to being a healthy introvert that could engage people in conversation. Right. But I still wanted to spend my alone time. Do you still consider yourself an introvert? Of course. Okay. 100%. And so the being introverted doesn't necessarily have to show up in the way you interact with people per se, but it's a it's a feeling you have for yourself. It's it's how I recharge. Okay. I recharge. I I need alone time. Like tonight, 
you know, some people are going to go to a football game. I would love to go to my hotel and just hang out by myself. We're Cowboys fans, so we understand why yeah. you would never want to go sure. to a football game. But, well, you know, that's I'd a, rather watch it. I'd yeah. rather watch it at home. Yeah, in well, the comfort yeah. of my own home with some popcorn, yep. some wings. But that I recharge and by we myself. We forgive you for being a Cowboys fan. Thank we steal your fans. You. It's I, okay. I'm not even sure that you should have said that. Yeah, well, um, it, it does diminish your wisdom, but well, that's okay. We'll but you go know from what? There. Love <laughs> covers a multitude. That's right. Of sins and different things. And so. His grace really is made perfect in human weakness. So we can Hallelujah. go Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, yeah. So if you so, continue when you, you're, you're now interacting yeah. with your parents. So I'm telling my parents this, and as I, as I feel like I am now fully known, now there's an opportunity for me to be fully loved. And so now when they said that they love me, that was it. It wow. wasn't like, oh, you think you love me, but you don't know this. There was no but about it. So when you got affirmation and love and care, and and I'm sure their hearts were broken for you, mm-hmm. instead of everything you were expecting, that had to be transformative all by itself. Just, just that, because I really do believe that when Paul talks about transformation, it does have to start with us offering ourselves to God. I think that's why yes. Jesus said, if you, if you give me your life, I'll show you what I can do with a completely surrendered, not partially, completely surrendered life. So I'm offering my body. I didn't even know this verse either at right. the time. But then you you don't have to conform to the patterns of this world, but you can be renewed you can, or transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so that's when my parents started to help me process through the false beliefs. Wow. And to unhinge and disattach the false beliefs from the facts. Hey, you you were abused, but it was not your fault. Right. It was so powerful for my parents to say that. Mm. Wow. Because I felt like they had authority. Right. They weren't condemning me. They were saying, look, we're going to help you. You tell us what to do, mm. and we're going to support you as much as we can. And we wept together. Wow. And, and, and my dad was able to affirm that he loved the man that I was. Wow. I mean, when he, I mean, just grabbed me by the shoulders and said, I am so proud of the man that you are. I don't want you to be like me. I want you to be like you. He's a six foot, 300 pound Mexican guy. Yeah. Six feet in Mexican, it's like six feet in Italian. It doesn't usually, and if you look in the same sense, I'm not six foot, 300 pounds. You're still tall. Like, I'm tall for an Italian. I'm (laughs) 5'10. I'm a beast in Southern Italy. Yeah. I'm I'm five, (laughs) eight and a half, but five, nine when I'm. On my tiptoes a bit. And and so for my dad to, you know, glance down at me wow. and affirm that I was the man that I needed to be, that I had gifts that 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 he would have that he would aspire to have, the emotional intelligence and and the way that I could love people and the way that I was sensitive. Yeah. And I became we became partners in ministry. He he empowered me to start a Bible and basketball night on Wednesdays. Wow. And I'd invite all my friends and I'd teach them about the Bible. And, and your, dad, your dad's pastor. My dad was one. the yeah. pastor of the right. church. And so I did get some special privileges. I don't recommend letting somebody get saved, like have a relationship with Jesus, and then start teaching the Bible. But thankfully, I wasn't teaching heresy. My dad would help me to, yeah. taught me how to study the Bible and how to read it. And right. I mean, it really just, we had some excellent conversations. But what I want to emphasize here is that whether it's, having the support of your biological parents 
or spiritual parents, there's something about the generation that has come before us mm. when they can look at us and affirm who God has made us to be. Because I know some of the people that are listening might not have that relationship with their parents. Right. But right. that's why you and I connect on that. Of like We believe that no matter how old you are, when you can look at the next generation and call out the vision, call out the vision of transformation and what God can do in someone, that's what my parents did for me. Right. And that's an important part. That's an important part of the body of Christ, but it didn't stop there. I needed a youth pastor. I had other mentors. I had a small group, professional counseling, a healthy God-believing doctor Yes, that has helped me get to where I am today. And one of the hardest things was recognizing that I was still dealing with mental health issues yes. as a Christian, as somebody that had a vibrant, real relationship with Jesus. Yes. And I think some people get discouraged because they think that coming to Jesus will be the cure for right. all illnesses. Right. And sometimes it is. That's why we get confused. Yes. But the biggest thing is for him to forgive our sins yeah. and to come back into right relationship with him. And we don't always get the cure, but right. we always get care. Right. Care is such a big deal. And so to get cared for by the body of Christ has been what has helped me to continue on the transformation journey. So the goodness of God, not just from him, but from people, leads us to repentance or the ability to turn in a totally different direction from the lies we've believed, the things that have, no matter what we've experienced. And so what I want the listener, the pastor or the leader, whomever listening to this today, mental health issues are rampant. Mm -hmm. uh, anxiety, depression, PTSD, yeah. mm -hmm. fill in the blank. Yeah. And you went over statistics. I think you said one in five adults are yes. dealing with some form of one of those issues, right? Mm -hmm. So the likelihood of the ones listening to this right now yeah. are dealing with these issues, and I think you termed it in our prior meeting, maybe in a high-functioning way. Mm -hmm. yeah. So they're they're able to live a bifurcated life in a yes. way. They, they can function over here, and, but then suffer on the other side of it. Yeah. Can you talk to us a little bit about how we as leaders, while we're forward, we don't get to just stop. And if you're a pastor, Sundays come quickly, right? Yes. You never, you, you're always having to prepare your just like anyone else with a job. Yeah. But there was a way that that you grew in your mental health and well-being and that process. Can you talk a little bit about to pastors about some of the things they may need to do yeah. and not ignore? Mm -hmm. And I know you have tools that are available on your mm -hmm. website as well, and I don't have enough energy and time to tell people how desperately I would help that they would go onto your website and learn and pulled up, pull up these tools, but tell people the website again this month so they can have access to your, your, your information. Of course, it's mindsconnected.com. That's minds with a S connected.com. And we have a free course called Mental Health 101. And that is my life's work of just yes. wanting as many people as possible to understand their minds and their brains at a basic level yes. that they can share with their teens or kids and, and be able to assess for anxiety, depression, and trauma, and really pointing them to assess for anything yes. so that they can get help. And for me, 
as a leader and you as a leader, as you're listening, I remember praying, asking God, God, please make me so healthy and so self-sufficient that I'll never need anyone else. I told wow. my parents, but I don't want to share anything. I don't want to have to trust anybody because right. I had trust issues. I, yeah. I did not like being vulnerable. Obvious and, reasons, and, and I feel yeah. like because of my relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, he was able to help me and, and, and understand, Peter, I can't do that. Because if you keep on reading in Romans 12, he says, he says that for just as each of us has one body with many members, we're all connected. Yes. We each belong to each other. And, and that's where I realize that if my mind is being transformed, I'm going to realize that I'm a part of a grander body. And I need to not only serve the other parts, but allow the other parts to serve me. And that's where we have to come against this lie that it has to be lonely at the top. Yeah, right. Because the, the higher we go in organizations, we feel like we can't trust people. Right. That, because we do get burned. Sure. People will burn you. And you have to have healthy tools to understand who you can trust, who you can't. And so it really is a wonderful practice to be able to talk to a professional counselor or coach because they can sign a confidentiality agreement. Right, right. So you get vulnerability practice. It doesn't stop there. Right, right. But it starts there for you to be able to say your deepest, darkest secrets. Yes. And know that it's going to be confidential and feel that freedom. Now, the book of James says, confess your faults. Yes. Sin slips to one another. Mm -hmm. And then, which is care, pray for one another yeah. that you might be healed. Mm -hmm. And talks about the power available, yeah. the effective, white hot fire red yes. uh, power available to those who pray. Yeah. And so the healing is actually connected mm -hmm. to confessing your yes. faults and having somebody support it. Yeah. And... It is true that we as leaders try to heal independently and yeah. isolate it. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you can never be fully transformed is what you're saying without that. And we don't, we don't get that idea by ourselves. There right. is a, a massive self-help movement. Correct. Yeah. And so that's why a little sneaky, I put that in the name of our, of our organization to be minds connected, not mind connected, minds connected, my mind connected to yours, yeah. our minds connected to the mind of Christ. Yes. It's the power of connection that allows us to really check out what truth is. Because I told my parents what I believed and they would say, okay, you might believe that, but here's what we believe. And you're talking, you we were saying see who you are. about you when you said yes. something about you. Of course. Negative or that wasn't, that was attached to a, a fact, a, a lie attached to a fact. They didn't just dismiss you they 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 affirmed that you believe something yeah. but said hey we don't see you that way they they could have space for that to yeah. be able to say we get why you would believe that but we don't want you to think for a moment that we think you're stupid we think you have a special intelligence we think that you can accomplish all of your goals yes because i told him i said someday i would like to go to college yeah Someday I would like I would like to have a, a degree. I'd like to have a Bible degree. And they just kept on cheering me on. And I said, look, I don't even know if I can do this. When I left for college, I said, I'm going to go. And I'm sorry if I waste your money. But with your permission, I'm at least going to try. Wow. I might not even pass my classes. And they said, we don't care. 
We just want you, we want you to try. If you look at us in the eye and say that you did your best, we will be proud. We would rather you try and fail than not try at all. And they weren't reading these motivational bumper stickers. Right, right. Pinterest didn't exist. (laughs) There was no Instagram. Right, right. This was their own hearts and and desire to see me succeed. And so this is why I'm, 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 I'm saying that we need the body of Christ. Yes. To isolate yourself at the top, at whatever level of the organization you're at, is to risk amputation from the body of Christ. Wow. It's dangerous. It's very dangerous. We can only go so long without the blood flow. Right. And when we integrate and connect back to the body of Christ, there's something so beautiful. And when we have relational wounds, relational wounds heal best in the context of relationships. Right. And so I I just feel like every step I take at connecting, taking a risk, a calculated one. Yes. Connecting with someone else, it allows me to have greater levels of healing. And I don't believe that I'm done transforming. Yeah. But that's what I I love the language there, that it, it doesn't say that you're transformed once. You're transformed it's going to happen yes. by the renewing of your mind. So it's this continual process of when our minds are connected. Paul chose that. He didn't say we're yes. transformed by the renewing of our souls. Right. He said mind. Right. And that really stuck out to me. And, and minds connected is my sneaky way of I'm pointing to Romans 12, 1 and 2. Right. Of just saying our minds have to be connected. Once we surrender to God then we connect our minds to God and we're, we we begin to be transformed. And then it says that we will recognize God's will. What is his will? To be connected to the body. Yeah. To bring others into connection with him. I mean, you and I connect specifically because we love the lost. Yes. Right. Bringing them back. I mean, that's why when we had that parent event, every hand, every time I said, I see you, I see you, I was cheering yes. behind stage because... That's why we do this. Yes. That's why we do what we do, because we want people to have that initial understanding and moment where they can hear, I love you from Jesus, but also we love you too. I want to help those listening to take a next step. Yeah. You talk about uh, a special intelligence mm-hmm. uh, because of being dyslexic and where you where you actually see things more in, in visual or picture form. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so on your website... Mm-hmm. There are so many illustrations of things you speak of that are in, in picture form yeah. that create such clarity. And mm. I'm more of an auditory okay. learner. Yeah. But when I when we sit together and we go through these mm-hmm. things, either with our staff or whomever, when you see it, yeah. it, it really is a gift mm. to be able to take something that complex and put it into a place where I can walk away from it. You can be gone for six months. I can go back to those things. And walk through those steps mm-hmm. and keep the, the not getting stuck, in, in, in where, yeah. which is what happens to most people. Mm-hmm. We hit a lid. Yeah. We don't have enough resources around us. Yeah. And, and it's not that this is the only resource. But, I've, but Peter, I've been doing this a long time. Mm-hmm. I've been in ministry since 1981. And I'm talking about me personally now. Yeah. I didn't even know there was help. Mm-hmm. It was an unintentional intervention yeah. that got me on a, on a track to be able to even deal with anything. Yeah. Uh, I lived in fairy tale land. I just mm-hmm. ignored everything. 
But I've seen so many leaders just try to work harder yeah. or trust God more mm-hmm. or pray more or have some yeah. spiritual discipline mm-hmm. and exclude the discipline yeah. of not discerning the Lord's body and and the, the broad need for us to be connected and to develop trust with one another. Yeah. I know you have trust is earned. You don't just mm-hmm. grant that. But so many, I think so many leaders have just said it's off the table for me. Mm-hmm. And we get further and further isolated and sicker yeah. and sicker. Mm-hmm. And when it finally falls off the ledge, yeah. that's when often people will say, okay, I'm going to figure this out. Mm-hmm. But I would love for people to step into a process intentionally today yeah. before they're, they're in crisis. Mm-hmm. But before we finish right now, and I, I would like you to speak to those who may be in crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's not unrealistic to feel that there may be somebody listening yeah. that's thinking, I don't, I just don't want to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. And, or I just feel like I'm, I, I don't think this is ever going to change for me. Mm -hmm. We're all on a process, but I want to end by you speaking to those who may find themselves, either someone listening or someone they would like this to listen to. I'm at a crisis point in my life. What's my next step? Yeah. I just want to say that if you're in that place and you're dealing with a crisis, I've been there and we love you. This is for you. This is why we're here to take the time to record this because we're reaching out to you. We're sent by God to tell you that you're loved and there's not only hope, but there's also help. And 988, we're very blessed that our country has made this available. 988 is the crisis number for our country, just like 911. And when you call or text that number, it allows you to connect with a counselor and get next steps. Yeah, That's one of the hardest things is that we can get to a place where we can't trust our own self-awareness. Right. We can't trust, oh, I'll be fine. You need another opinion. And so that 988 is a secular opportunity for people. But if they're in crisis and they really don't even know where to begin or someone they love, that's one option that they have. Just to get connection with another human being. In that time of crisis. That's somebody that is at the peak of crisis. A lot of pastors, Peter, don't have never uh, uh, facilitated getting counseling in their own life. They've never really um, stepped into that arena because for a variety of reasons. And and can you just speak to that as we wind up as to for people to to avail themselves of of Christians that have the the God-given giftedness to go into this very complex world we live in and help us unpack these things. Can you just encourage them to go to that next step if they are in crisis? Yeah, so I think that if you can connect with somebody in the body of Christ, another pastor, another leader, and tell them what's going on and allow them to walk through the journey with you, to hold you accountable to getting help. Because I know personally what it was like to be a licensed professional counselor in my state Yes. And go meet with another counselor. Yeah. I felt like my career was over. Wow. I couldn't I couldn't believe the shame that I felt to have to admit wow. that I couldn't fix myself. Wow. So even as a counselor, like even we as, as counselor, pastors, yeah. it's physician heal thyself, right? It's the I thought it, I should be able to do it. Yeah. You know, I should be able to look at myself in the mirror and give myself a pep talk and heal up. But I have been through that process, yes. and I had to 
commit to, okay, it might not be this counselor, but I'm starting the process and I'm committed. I want to heal. I want to experience every bit of transformation that God has for me. And so I think that first step, if, if it's the middle of the night, then 988. Yeah. But if you can, look for a counselor in your area and just recognize that you're not putting all your eggs in that basket, so to speak, of like, if this person doesn't connect with me right. or if they don't say the right thing. No, you, you can find somebody. The biggest yes. factor in whether counseling is going to work is your relationship with the counselor. Yeah. And yeah. so find somebody that you can connect with in a confidential setting yes. that is going to be hope-based. There are so many out there. And I, so I, I'm not only offering that space to other people, but I also benefit from that space that my counselor provides to me. That's wonderful. You know, and just for my own life, um, if I didn't have people around me, and this is not that many years ago, uh, where two guys on my staff, uh, Steve Moore and Matt Gates. Uh, very, were very close. Hmm. They saw that I was struggling. Yeah. And it wasn't really anything I'd done. It was things that I was facing that I couldn't control. And they said, you're not yourself. Yeah. And and they said, please, you've got to take some time. Hmm. And you've got to step back. And you've got to take care of yourself. And they brought my board involved. And uh, I, I usually take a month off in the summer. Mm-hmm. And they said, okay, we're going to add two months to that. Wow. And we want you to get just a rest and very specific targeted help. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and just because we are speaking to leaders, yeah. uh, when Steve and Matt were talking to me, they, they kind of had their guns loaded to convince me, you know, <laughs> now listen, we're, I said, guys, listen, there's no convincing. They said, no, listen, we're, we're going to shut down your email. You can't have wow. any, co-. I was like, I'm fine with that. And they were like, yeah, but we really, you know, seriously, this will, and so to their, I think, uh, surprise, yeah. I knew they were right. Mm-hmm. I I followed through with it. I came back mm-hmm. um, in such a different place. Yeah. Not nothing. The circumstance that drove me to that mm-hmm. is still the same today. Yeah. But my ability to walk with God through it has changed completely. Mm-hmm. So I just want to encourage pastors and leaders not yeah. to ignore these things mm-hmm. and listen to the people that love you, your spouse, yes. and 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 I hope you'll take some next steps and actually go on. Peter's website, mindsconnected.com, and avail yourself of the resources uh, there as well. So, Peter, thank you so much, sincerely, for taking the time to to pour your life into pastors and leaders. And uh, uh, guys, we're just so grateful for what God's doing in your lives. And we look forward to meeting again with you in next month's uh, podcast. Peter, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you. God bless you. See you all next month. Thanks again for tuning in to the John Nuzzo Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to rate, review, and share this podcast on iTunes. It's a great way to get the word out and to help others grow as leaders. We'll see you back here next time for another episode of the John Nuzzo Leadership Podcast.